Blog Talk Radio. Good morning, everyone. I hope you're having a phenomenal, phenomenal morning. I tell you what, it is, uh, there's not a cloud in the sky. It's still a little warm in Florida. Uh, we were in the 90s yesterday. I assume we'll be in the 90s again today. So it doesn't have that crisp fall feeling yet. But next week when we hit Atlanta, uh, I can tell you five hours from the beach, and it will feel like fall. We look forward to that every year. Uh, it's just a phenomenal time for us to get together. Today's show is actually sponsored by Yoli. I am in the middle of a new test of uh, of their secret fat-burning formula. And it's been phenomenal. This new fat-burning system that they're going to be kicking off here shortly, I, I think, could could really do some cool things. So far, it's working great. They've got a, a unique system put together. Not going to share a lot about it yet, uh, but it's it's different. It's interesting, and I was uh, excited when they asked me to be a part of it because it's different from your traditional weight loss. So, it's awesome. Hey, how do I get started? Now, this is the interesting thing that we've got to look at, and and I think that a lot of times folks don't realize. They just I don't realize. How to jumpstart, how to get off on the right foot. You know, yesterday we looked at how failure, excuse me, today we're looking at how failure plays the part. But how do you even get, get off there? How can you know if you're failing? How do you know to get started? What do you know you're supposed to do? I think that's the key that we've all got to look at. John writes this, you will not succeed unless you're willing to fail. I got to thinking about that. You know how I am with relationships. I try to put everything in perspective. And I was thinking about that today. You know, had I not been willing to take the risk to say, will you marry me? We might not be married. If I hadn't taken a risk the first time I asked a girl out, so where would you be? Think about that. It's interesting when we look at the fact that success and failure really does have a lot to play in, in how we see relationships. Because how can we succeed or how we can we fail if we don't interact? See, that's the key here. John writes, too many people believe the process of achieving success is supposed to be easy. Thomas Edison wrote it this way. Failure is really a matter of conceit. People don't work hard because in their conceit, they imagine they'll succeed without ever making an effort. Most people believe they'll wake up someday and find themselves rich. Actually, they've got it half right, because eventually they do wake up. Oh, I know, everybody's had that fantasy. A knock on the door, a letter in the mail. Some long-lost relative is leaving you millions of dollars. It's probably not going to happen. Matter of fact, based on statistics today, when somebody close to you passes away, your mother, your father, your son, your daughter, somebody, you'll get a bill in the mail. They'll say, oh, by the way, it's going to cost X amount of dollars. And sadly, people cringe at that. They freak out thinking, how am I going to be able to afford it? It's amazing, isn't it, how just a few generations ago that was not a big deal. And now today, because of the way we want that instant gratification, so many people are upside down. It's it's just perplexing. 
Why is it we're afraid of failure? See, I believe, and John writes it, failure is simply a price we pay to achieve success. I have good friends of mine that own a company called Go For No. And they have realized that the more no's you get, the closer to a yes you become, which means the closer your success will be. Now, that's that's really amazing when you think about it. You have to get no's in order to get yeses. In order to succeed, you have to go through some failure. But yet we take failure personally. We freak out with it. What would happen? Now, think about this. What would happen if we were to change our perspective on failure? If If all of a sudden you were to to focus on changing your whole mindset. You're you're 128 years old, and now I'm telling you, you have to change your paradigm. Could you achieve your success? I want to look at what John says failure is not. Number one, people think failure is avoidable. It is not. See, all of us, fail, errors, we make mistakes, we sin, whatever you want to do, whatever you want to call it. That's what happens. How many of you have heard, to err is human, to forgive is divine? Things have been around 2,000 years. I think Alexander Pope probably made it real big about 200, 250 years ago. Nothing has changed. We're all going to make mistakes. Forgiveness is divine. John writes in here something he had found called the rules of being human. Rule number one, you will learn lessons. Rule number two, there are no mistakes, only lessons. A lesson is repeated until it is learned. If you don't learn the easy lessons, they get harder. You'll know you've learned a lesson when your actions change. Pretty interesting, pretty simple, but when you think about it, and that what we talk about our kids all the time? Have you learned that lesson yet, boy? Used to piss me off no end. My mother and my dad both. You're going to learn this lesson. Go get me a switch. Used to drive me nuts. I brought her a log one time. That didn't work either. Thank goodness back then we didn't have air conditioning. The door opened fast and I could get out of there. Made her mad, though. Number two, people think failure is an event. It's not. The best example, John John is good at these. I mean, he's got a crew of staff around him, but listen to this. The best example I can think of is taking a test. If you get an F, it means you failed. I used to think that meant fantastic. But I've come to realize that failure is a process. See, success is a process, so failure is a process. If you flunk a test, it doesn't mean that you just failed a one-time event. The F shows that you neglected the process leading up to the test. Everything is a process. Success or failure comes on how you deal with life along the way. And here's something else. How do you know you're a failure? Until you've taken your last breath. See, at any given time, life can change. You can change. The process will change. You'll learn your lesson. 
Your past does not equal your future. You may have stumbled along the way. You may have screwed up along the way. You may have sinned along the way. You may have erred along the way. Other people may have said you failed. But until you take your last breath, you are not a failure. It's that plain and simple. Number three, people think failure is objective. It is not. John writes, when you err, whether you you make massive mistakes and a miscalculation in critical figures, miss a deadline, blow a deal, make poor choices concerning your kids, or otherwise fumble the ball, what determines whether the action was a failure? The only person is you. What happens is we let our perception, we let those around us make the decision for us. And we can't do that. See, John writes this, your perception of and response to your mistakes determine whether your actions are a failure. All three of my boys have had children out of wedlock. Was that a mistake? Absolutely. Neither, None of them, all three of them, were not ready to be dads. Was it a failure? Absolutely not. I have three of the most awesome granddaughters you could ever ask for. Full of piss and vinegar and as crazy as day is long. Wouldn't trade it. Did they feel like they were failures? Absolutely, until we had some discussions. Things like that will happen. No way around it. We learn. We talk. We dig deeper. We grow. But we're not failures. We have to move forward. Sadly, a lot of times, parents are the ones that start this out. They put their own expectations on their kids. You've got to have a 4.3 grade average. But, Dad, there's only a 4.0. Not for you. And I remember coming home. It was funny. I don't know what grade point averages are. If I'd have had a 4, that would have probably been exciting. If I came home with a daggum C, it was exciting. If I came home with an A, you'd have thought Jesus had come back. I mean, it was it was in the newspapers. It was sung by the choir at church. I mean, it was great. Funny thing, if my brother came home with a B or a C, we were going to have a come-to-Jesus meeting and find out why he'd been screwing off in class. I mean, that, that, that it's the expectations. You know, I'm going to segue for a minute. I remember one time my brother in elementary school made a really cool castle out of rocks. And he was behind me in high school. So in high school, I took that in as my project. And I got an A on it. I was like, this rocks, man. This is great. He gets an A. I get an A. Isn't that cool? A couple years later, he went in. He had the same history class. He takes it in, and the teacher said, you can't use your brother's project. (laughs) I had so much fun. He got an F. I didn't. But you know what? Here's the deal. It's all in the perception. Failure is objective. Now listen to this. Most of you listening in are entrepreneurs of one side or another. 
listen to what John writes. Did you know that entrepreneurs entrepreneurs almost never get their first business off the ground, or their second, or their third? This is according to Tulane University business professor Lisa Amos. The average for entrepreneurs is 3.8 failures before they finally make it in business. They are not deterred by problems, mistakes, or errors. Why? Because they don't see setbacks as failures. But yet in network marketing, if a CEO fails, we want to call them the worst people under the sun. If distributors fail, we want to say they're just jumpers. They're jumping from one company to the other. And in both cases, sometimes that is true. But in average, it's going to take you more than the first little rodeo to make it happen. It takes time. It takes energy. It takes effort. But it can work. Number four, people think failure is an enemy. It's not. Most people want to avoid failure like a plague. So they don't ever jump into the arena. They don't ever go out there. That's just nuts when you think about it. Totally nuts. If this is true, and I believe what John's writing here is based on fact, think about this. If the majority of the people are too afraid to take the risk, they're too afraid that they will fail, then why do we listen to the dull, negative, disillusioned crybabies who tell us you can't do that, network marketing doesn't work? Is that one of those pyramid things? Oh, I tried that and that didn't work. I wonder if people sit around in, in bars and nightclubs saying the same thing. you think guys sit around saying, well, you know what, that relationship won't work. Man, I've been married 26 times. I'm telling you, it just doesn't work. You'll end up screwing around on her. She'll screw around on you. You think the ladies that go out dancing by themselves sit there saying, you know, it's not going to work in that relationship. You ought to go out and get one of these old young hotties. Get a little stud, take him home, drop him off, get another one. I mean, think about it. If we all went through life like that, we'd have a divorce rate at 100%, not 50%. We don't listen to people like that. Why? We're in love. Oh, no, she'd never do that to me. Oh, no, he'd never do that to me. And at least, at least half the cases, I don't, I don't think that probably does take place. But doggone it. Why is it that we got to sit around to other people who tell us, oh, that doesn't work, when the average entrepreneur, the average successful person, the Forbes richest 400, didn't get it right the first time, second time, third time out. Man, we better kick butt. We don't have to. We better be failing more. If you're only in your second business, man, if it's successful, you're beyond. I mean, you're way above the average. If you're in your third business and you were feeling down, look, you're doing great. Just keep cranking. If it took you four shots, you're average. That's pretty good. I'm one of those below average people. I self-sabotage my success for years. Number four, people think failure is the enemy. It's not. It's not the enemy. Richard Patino, who happens to be the one of the big basketball coaches, said, failure is good. It's fertilizer. Everything I've learned about coaching, I've learned from making mistakes. Wow. 
Now think about that. How do you even know you're succeeding if you haven't made a mistake? What's the benchmark that you're going off of? Success doesn't breed success. I have come to the decision failure breeds success because we learn from it. Now that might that might throw some people for a loop. Failure breeds success, absolutely. Everything that I have grown personally from has been due to a mistake. In some cases just flat out sin. Now, it doesn't necessarily have to be your mistake. I learned a lot from my dad's mistakes, my mom's mistakes, my uncles and aunts, my my mentors and heroes, my legends that I follow. You don't have to necessarily be the one that makes the mistake, but the mistakes and the failures is what propels you to success. It's that plain and simple. And if you if you decide to run from failure, you will never be successful. You will never have a benchmark in which to work from. I like the fact that President Obama likes to use President Lincoln as a benchmark. Because President Lincoln failed over and over and over and over and just kept on cranking, kept on trying, didn't let that hold him back. And even though I disagree with the political ideologies of President Obama, I respect the fact that at least he understands he can keep making mistakes over and over and over and may someday get it right. At least he's trying. Matter of fact, most days he's very trying. You know, but that's the kicker here. This is what we've got to look at. Number five. People think failure is irreversible. It's not. There's an old saying in Wisconsin. It doesn't matter how much milk you spill as long as you don't lose your cow. In other words, mistakes are not irreversible. See, the problem only comes when you see only the spilt milk and not the big picture. See, as long as you can keep spilling the milk, as long as you can keep making the mistakes, everything's okay. You lose that cow, there won't be any milk. You lose your focus on the big picture, you won't have to worry about mistakes. Mistakes don't make them the mistakes don't make the man or the woman. It's the man or woman who's going to make the mistakes. And it's what you learn from those mistakes that make you a better person. I have this this Bible story that I always love. It's, it's called the story of the woman at the well. This lady was a Samaritan, which she was half Jewish and, and half Palestinian, basically is what that meant. And Jesus came trucking through one day, told the apostles, his you know, his twelve studs that rolled with him, Hey, go go get us some food and stuff. I'm going to sit here and relax. Here comes this girl. Now, what what's interesting about this girl is she'd been married several times. She was like shacking up with a dude. It was early morning. The possibility is she probably had just gotten done with a little romp in the hay, or or maybe they'd just woken up that morning. Who knows? She shows up at the well. 
And Jesus starts talking to her. Matter of fact, it's the longest recorded conversation he had with anybody. And he starts asking her, hey, how come you've been married all these times? Why are you shacked up with this dude now? He didn't know her. She was amazed. She knew right then that he was somebody special. But he wasn't condemning her for her actions. He was just asking her why she'd done it. Now, a lot of people that are theologians will tell you it was because she was a a call girl, a prostitute, a little floozy. I've got a good friend of mine, Michael Belka, world-renowned photographer that did a beautiful book, modern-day book on Jesus, and he said, how do we know that that's what she was? Maybe she was just barren, and the men kept divorcing her because she couldn't have children. Maybe it wasn't her fault at all. Boy, that would give you a whole new perspective of things, won't it? But here was the cool thing about this. You would think that a woman who'd been married seven times, was shacked up with some dude, wouldn't have a lot of influence. We looked at it and said, oh my gosh, look at all the mistakes she's made. You know what happened in that story? She went into the town, and with the influence that she had, the whole town turned out to talk to Jesus. See, sometimes what you and I will perceive as a mistake is really a successful process moving forward. We don't even get our failures right sometimes. We don't even perceive other people's failures right sometimes. So if we can't perceive other people's failures, what makes us think we can even get ours right? See, that's interesting. The more I, I mean, I'm, let me tell you something. I've been called everything in the book, from failure to not failure. As a matter of fact, I was called a, a sock puppet for network marketing CEOs and, and the Tokyo Rose of MLM this week. I mean, people are really trying to come up with some unique titles for me. I, I, I find that amusing. But if I worried what everybody else thought or said of me, if I thought, oh my gosh, I'm failing, I wouldn't get anything done in life, I'll tell you that right now. You can't let that happen to you. Number six, people think failure is a stigma. It's not. There is not a mistake out there that's a permanent marker on you that says, you're a failure. Not at all. Senator Sam Irving Jr. said it this way, defeat may serve as well as victory to shake the soul and let the glory out. Our people are sitting around during World War II trying to figure out how they can kick some butt in the Pacific Theater. When out of the blue on a beautiful sunny day, the Japanese waste our naval ships setting in Pearl Harbor. A day that went down in the failure of the greatest military Those ships are still there in that harbor, sunk. Men and women that have been trapped on those ships for over 50 years. It became the reckoning of the glory of World War II. Because at that time, neither our politicians nor our military 
Let that tragedy, that devastation hold us back from ending a war. 9-11, the most current devastating day. A failure of security, a failure of the FCC allowed three planes to be hijacked and took down. But we've used it to succeed at tightening our security and eliminating some of the world's worst terrorists and to a certain degree allowing our people to feel a little bit freer again. See, through every mistake, every failure that's there, if you will look at it as a stepping stone, a learning process, then you will start to succeed. Number seven, people think failure is final. It's not. Even when it may appear that a huge failure didn't need to keep you or, or doesn't need to keep you from achieving something, we will feel like it has. Most of the time this happens to men when they're terminated from a job. They feel like a failure. And, you know, maybe that's one reason I really hate working for other people is I don't like to feel like a failure, so I just go work for myself. Now I can keep firing myself, and then I can feel good because I hire myself back. But when you think about it, we sometimes act like it's final. prime example is when we see people that have been terminated go back in and shoot their bosses. When we see a wife that has told a husband, I'm not going to take your abuse anymore, and then they come back and they kill her. When the financial devastation of a family causes them to get a divorce. When a child goes to prison. It's a crazy world we live in, but it's not final. We all have options. A blunder, a misstep, a bust. Another word between bust and all, something else. See, we just got to keep cranking it out. It, it's funny because I think of one of the biggest failures in corporate America was New Coke. <laughs> 79 days of powerful political hell for Coca-Cola. A PR nightmare. And what happened? It turned into their greatest success when they brought back classic Coke. They were able to beat Pepsi, and they took back their number one spot. Although the brainchild that thought of that left the company, both he and the CEO basically said the same thing. They said, we get paid to produce results. We don't get paid to be right. You need to think that one through. Success is about results, not about being right. You need to embrace failure. You need to realize it's not a bad thing. You need to realize it's, it's, it is the process towards success. Without failure, there is no success. Be back tomorrow. We're going to do How Do I Get Started? The first step towards success is leading yourself exceptionally well. Live life like it's an epic adventure. I'll see you at the top. Be back here with me tomorrow morning for RealMentorsRadio.com.